right, hello and welcome to the Aqua Hamster Podcast, also known as In the Cage. My name is Ian Dumay. I play bass and keys. And if I could fight anybody in history, uh, I would fight Barack Obama. Not because I want to hurt him, but because it'd be kind of cool to like meet Obama and then maybe just like do some fisticuffs. Wow. And uh, and then get like uh, go hang out after. And you could learn you could learn all these uh, fighting tips from him, like how he kicked your ass and why, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, he would do totally destroy me. Yeah, as he should. Uh, my name is Ben. I play drums, and if I could fight anybody in history, I would fight that lizard creature from the classic Star Trek episode where Kirk fights that <laughs> lizard creature. I don't think that's in history. Go for the two-handed punch. That's a move no one has used ever, except William Shatner in classic Star Trek. He definitely overplayed the two-handed punch. And that's Link in the... hands and punch. <laughs> it's in the future, so it's totally in history. It's just in history okay. that it's in history that hasn't happened yet. That's all. I see. Hi, I- I'm Tony. I play the guitar, and if I could fight anyone, I would fight uh, my younger self to show that uh, exercising is cool. I'd go back to before I exercised, and I- I'd fight him and be like, you can have all this someday, kid, and then I'd disappear in a puff of Just aromatic like, smoke. Beat yourself down. Yep, but but, but gently, but gently. <laughs> I don't think that would inspire me so much as, like, break my brain. You know, like time travel is real and that's how I chose to use it. And oh, my God, like. Uh, yeah, so yeah I'd impart, I can impart other life lessons. It's not just physical fitness. I could, I could teach him all sorts of stuff that he needs to learn while while beating him up. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> but only through fighting. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. This will be the point where I plug stuff. But uh, for reasons mostly my fault, there's not much to plug. We're hopefully be playing at Keen Music Fest, but we haven't received any sort of confirmation uh, they're not super organized over there, but we'll we'll hear back at some point. Jeez, don't happens. put it that way. <laughs> Listen to this. We want them to like us. Oh, I mean, we love those guys. They're like volunteers. It's fine, you know. If, I wouldn't be super organized. If oh I were no, it, it just sounded a little harsh. <laughs> if I had to choose my favorite small town New Hampshire, you know, song festival that we've played at already, it would probably be Keen Music Fest. Yeah, agreed. That's in the top two. Yeah, totes. <laughs> All right, so even counting our as-of-yet-unreleased test episode, this is the first time we get to discuss a Tony song. Have a listen to 30 Days of Rain.
was this one of our going as fast as we can? To... They all end up like that. <laughs> I just, That's like two it's more. My fault. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah the the most recent episode, uh, the most recent one when we had to go crazy fast, I added it into iTunes as uh, 41 minutes over Boston, which is uh, a reference to the classic 23 minutes over Brussels by uh, Suicide. Cool. I will definitely. We are. Let's let's keep this thing rolling. So, Tony, do you want to like? introduce the song sort of yeah this one's got history so i'll just lay out the history real quick and then we can talk about something more interesting uh this one uh, has been i wrote it in 2012 and i played it for like friends and family and whenever i had a chance to go out and play solo because i liked it but i didn't introduce it to the band for years i'm glad i didn't by the time i did we had keys which we didn't have at the beginning and those really add something a, a lot really um it's it's based on a true story, but not one that happened to me. Back when I worked at Borders, which is shows you how old the song is, uh, one of my co-workers had escaped from uh, a boring existence in South Carolina to come to the big city and uh, right into the middle of a month of absolutely awful, rainy, terrible weather. Uh, and that's where this, uh, the premise comes from. The, the detail of that story that always stuck with me is that she did not tell her dad that she had run away north because he was still paying her cell phone bill. Yeah. And so she's <laughs> going to try and ride that out as long as she could. It's a good ride if you can get it. Yeah. yeah. Fun fact, I only started paying my cell phone bill like two years ago. I will let you guys know as soon as I start doing the same. <laughs> I, 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 I pay Recessible mine not directly. I, 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 send, I send money and it gets put in the right place. Uh, uh, there's uh, back to the song though. Um, <laughs> yeah, the the place she lived in South Carolina, I don't know which city it was, but suffice to say, uh, college football was like the uh, the the thing to do in that area. You know, like, and I believe she was a uh, either a mascot or a concession vendor at the football stadium, and that was lame. And so she came Maybe both. north yeah. to be a Borders bookseller, which I guess worked out, but. <laughs> then borders didn't exist anymore so yeah. yeah saying you worked at borders is a very old-timey sentence now it's like saying yeah. i used to be a video jockey at blockbuster or something like that <laughs> buggy whip salesman there you go <laughs> um was how how many songs uh had we written with keys at this point like a couple like i feel like this was no, no. was this like one or two this is this was the impetus for keys. We're like, we're gonna add keys. Tony yeah. sent me the demo. We wanted to have more than one song with keys to make the keys worth it. So when you were debuting a keys song, we also did one of mine with keys. Oh, okay. Yeah, but this was definitely the like, we're gonna put keys on this, and then I wrote the maze, at, so we didn't have just one song with right because that's just weird. <laughs> Yeah. Of course, since this song is uh, starts on um, uh, everything's sharp, it's got a capo on the first fret, so it's actually hard to play on keyboards. Luckily, you just do that thing where you shift all the notes up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can just transpose it. Unfortunately, I, I don't think I've ever forgotten to do that up to now. <laughs> It'll happen. Yeah, we'll, we'll just we'll just hit that chord and be like wildly discordant with each other, and we'll just run away and have to disband and move to different countries. Yeah, we'll we'll just have to start over when <laughs> yeah. that happens. We'll when just you, be like, sorry, you hit wait. a clanger like that, you've kind of got to just give up and <laughs> go into hiding, change your name, file off your fingerprints. So, just to be clear, Tony, you wrote a song that was hard to play on piano, and Ian was forced to outsmart you. That's what it. Yeah. That's what that sounds like. <laughs> Oh yeah, classic band one-upmanship. But uh, 
Yeah, this song is a, a personal favorite of mine. Whenever I go out solo, I play it. I play it as a medley with Kiss or Goodbye because they're in the same key. But since we alternate songwriters when we play as Aqua Hamster, we can't do that medley. Yeah. Well, there you go. We could someday. I mean, when I do oh, Wilderness, I'll watch Yeah, I could do that as a lead into your three-part Wilderness medley to get people warmed up with a two-part Tony Buffet. <laughs> Two-part Tony Buffet sounds like something. I don't know if it's a music thing or a non-music thing. Tony Buffet could be my stage name, and then my album could be the two-part Tony Buffet. Maybe if you ever you ever find another Tony and you guys like have a little duo. If I was a lounge singer, it could be Tony Buffet. Cocktail <laughs> Frank is, of course, the other option. I think people would just assume that you were a Jimmy Buffett, like, you know tribute band or something like if we ever have a jimmy buffett tribute band we could be called tony buffet yes <laughs> that makes so much sense gosh one of the one of the things that always surprises me about this song is how short it is mm. we like it just like blitz through it i've been really i'm really excited about songs that have all the parts but are quick like I, I like to finish songs in under three minutes, but not because it, uh, not because I skimp. Like it goes, you know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus. Yeah, it's yeah. got everything a song needs. I, I read a description of uh, Zero by the Smashing Pumpkins the other day that has like uh, three verses, two choruses, a breakdown, a guitar solo, and it's over in two minutes forty-five. And I was just like, yes, mm. this is why I can't give up on Billy Corgan, no matter how many times he goes on Infowars. Because he knows how to okay. write a song. <laughs> <laughs> I, on that note, I think you're absolutely right. It tells a complete story and conveys a pretty strong emotion, but in the space of a few words. And it's concise and nonspecific enough that it relates to like a large audience, but it's still pretty clearly personal. So I think it strikes a, a pretty delicate balance between those two extremes like it gives you just enough to know what's going on um but uh it feels like there's so much behind it that's why i like it yeah it's kind of a songwriting cheat actually to use uh someone else's interesting life experience because uh i often feel like i don't do a lot of interesting stuff so the kind of the, the way the end around to around that is to ask someone about something interesting that happened to them turn into a song well then you i think that's valid yeah and, and then when you're writing about somebody else you you know you can kind of you kind of have uh the opportunity to take a step back from it and really think about the the story critically whereas it's kind of hard to do that with your own stuff unless you're like really really super self-aware about all the pieces like about your own story so i think that yeah that can help Oh man, someday we're gonna do a podcast on the Ryan song. Oh like yes, it, <gasps> it's coming. It's coming. I'm considering playing that one at open mic night. Uh shout out to open mic night. Ryan, if you're listening and I know you are, we love you. Um you're our brother and you've given us some juicy material to write about because you are the man and uh <laughs> it, Yeah. It's like a song with action set pieces. Like you will believe a man can chunder. <laughs> And you will also <laughs> figure out what chunder means, you know, so there's that too. It's educational. Yeah. We do nothing but educational songs. <laughs> but it's Chunderstruck! But it's usually education's very specific <laughs> to our lives. <laughs> like, what happened to, in Tony's life? What happened in Ben's life? And what happened, of course, in Ian's? And sometimes Ryan's. I'm, I mean, I've obviously added keys and other songs since then, but I haven't done one yet with 
Well, never, that's not true. I did piano in <laughs> wilderness, Don't but I didn't, I didn't stick with it. I didn't stick with it. I went to synth in the middle. Couldn't couldn't keep it just piano like I was planning. Mm. But I almost kind of, I'm always worried. Like I, not that I play a lot of piano, and obviously playing it uh, here and in our other songs has helped me get a little bit better. Uh, I've got a long way to go. Um, but I'm worried that I pulled out all of the tricks that I know in this song. Welcome to <laughs> like, every drum part I've ever written and played. <laughs> I like I do like these little like you know chord arpeggios during the the uh, the verse. Uh, and then I do cool like rock and roll, like hitting the keys mm. in the chorus. And well, it goes back to what you said about it, it being a song that crams a lot into a short runtime. You do a lot of stuff too. Yeah, yeah. And then I do the do 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 thing. But you know, in when you put all your tricks out on the table, that all that really does is it pushes you to learn new tricks. So sometimes that's just necessary. It kind of pushes you to explore new territory, and you know, it can. Or, or you know, it it pushes you to refine those tricks and expand on them. So you know, that's just how we that's yeah. how we get better. You know, yeah. Did you know there's a secret piano part to the song? What on New Year's Eve, George and I played it uh, as an acoustic duo. Uh, he was play he was on keys and he came up with all the piano parts, not knowing how your parts went. So there's an alternative improvised piano part that's floating around out there. Wow, an in-the-cage wow. exclusive, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> what else can we say about this song? This wonderful little song. Yeah, it. I, I listened back to a demo I made of it in 2013. It's changed very little. <laughs> My parts of it, rather. I, I, I wasn't really envisioning the full band around it until it came together. But uh, yeah, my part's very consistent. I just had to... All I had to do was get in that room and play it, and y'all came up with such interesting stuff, and it's now become a total favorite of mine. One take, next song. One take, next song. That's a little tenacious D for you. Um, so you said you wrote it in 2013? Uh, I, I wrote it in 20, I want to say 12, and then 2013 was, I demoed it alongside the first month of Rocktober, where I record 31 demos every October. But at the time, I considered it too old and done out to, to uh, record as a new Rocktober song. So I recorded it as something called the Rocktober Annex. <laughs> it's not even one of the official songs for that year. So written in 2012, but we didn't. We uh, debuted it on January 14th, 2017, mm. by my statistics. Which, by the way, last episode I talked about needing to revamp my statistics and make a spreadsheet. I did it that night. <laughs> did it that. So, and I've added all some stuff. So I could I could provide some stats. Uh, keep in mind I have not put in our last performance, so it's not. 100% up to date, but it's it's mostly up to date. We do love our stats on this uh this podcast, so yes. I mean, I am a mathematician. <laughs> I have a spreadsheet here of my solo performances of it. The first time I tried it out was an unknown date in I believe 2013 for my family where I played uh just seven songs at home and then at, at the basement of uh this house I played it in um uh October 21st, 2013. And then it took four years. It took three years to get into the Aquahamster canon or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we've played it as Aquahamster by my stats six times, although I know we played it at Porch Fest, so seven times really. Yeah. I've uh, I've been able to concoct a few interesting statistics uh, with the spreadsheet. For instance, the average position of the song is seven point eight, oh. and uh, the average percent of our set that is complete once this song is complete is a uh, fifty-eight percent. So it's, it 
it's like right around in the middle, maybe just after the midway point. It's a good way to like power you through the rest of the set. I think it's a good way like hey, like I know that first half of the set like, you know, knocked you off your feet. Well, this one's going to knock you off your but I don't know. Uh, I usually put a rock feet. block of keyboard songs near the end of the set. So it, it's very natural to have like um, Wilderness 3 into 30 Days of Rain into uh, Let the Competition Know into Stabbed in the Front as a like, way, normal way to end a show. Mm. Mm. It's not yet in our sort of top 12 most played songs, but it will be probably pretty soon. I mean, it's up to you, Tony, oh, as always, but I, f- I feel like we'll probably keep it around for a while. Yeah, like Kiss or Goodbye, it's one of the ones that I stick with even as I switch out other stuff and experiment with new ones. It's a song that knows its place. <laughs> That's how I'll describe it. Just like um, Shut Up and Be Confident, that song knows its place. It's the only song that I'm allowed to sing. <laughs> And that's not that's not from coming from Ian or Tony. That's completely self directed. <laughs> so there are no bullies uh, in this band. We are just mean to ourselves. Time for a little uh, listener contest. Uh, if you can name the the latest uh, average position, the song with the latest average position, uh, you will win good vibes from us. Yes. Yes. So uh, I'll I will reveal that in a minute if I remember. Uh, t- keep in mind <laughs> those vibes come at a delay of like you know three to five business days because you know how vibes travel so slowly across the states. You do have to pay for shipping and handling. I'm sorry. Unless you that. have Vibe Prime. Oh <laughs> <sighs> uh, boy. We are so clever. <laughs> Is there anything else? I've played it so many times on my own. When I did uh, those couple solo shows in 2017, I played it at both of them. Uh, 2014, 2013, when I'd play songs around the house, I'd play it. There's this one show in (laughs) November 2013, sitting around in the living room playing for people, where I did this song and four songs that haven't entered the Aqua Hamster canon yet. Mm. Ooh. Yeah. We should uh we should uh, enter a new one into the canon soon. I uh we need to we should we should add some more songs soon. I'd love to practice. I've got some stuff to show off. Cool. What's great about this podcast is that you can listen to us decide that we're going to practice like in real time <laughs> basically. <laughs> listen to three men fritter away their afternoon. <laughs> this is what we do, but we need a podcast for it to come together. Like we need to make uh, we need to make a promise to you guys the audience. Uh We'll hold ourselves to these plans if we make them in front of the listening audience. Yes, because we don't want <laughs> you guys bad mouthing us on the message boards. So, you know. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> Hello, listener. This is one of Tony's original demos that he talked about in the discussion. Enjoy. talk okay we're gonna talk about a little bit about our musical backgrounds sort of like in terms of playing music not like influences 
Um, and we're going to sort of do a little round robin uh, talking about different uh, sort of time periods. I sort of broke it down in school time periods because, I don't know, that makes sense for me. I'm a school person. Uh, we're going to start with uh, elementary school. Tony, did you did you do much musical in elementary school? I don't recall if I first picked up the saxophone in middle, in elementary, but I think it was middle school. I think elementary school was strictly a uh, shrill recorder bleeding. <laughs> I I uh I never played recorder. Is I feel like I got uh, cheated out of a childhood experience. Well, uh I was a fellow recorder er so uh recorder-er. I was a recorder. I think that's the official term. Um didn't work out. Did not work out just as it didn't work out for any of us really in the recorder mm-hmm. band, but yeah. We should uh we should incorporate recorders into one of our songs. We should get the recorders back together. We should really we should <laughs> we should do a we should uh do a joint C D with them, Aqua Hamster and the Recorders. Just all the elementary school students who have ever played recorder can can accompany <laughs> us. So uh, I uh oh my god. Sorry, that like a giant chorus of recorders, that would be amazing. It just sunk in. Uh, South, <laughs> South Park did it, but uh, I know, I know. Otherwise, that's what we'd be doing next episode. So apologies. <laughs> I know that's what the people want to hear. Oh, can you imagine a three recorder trio kind of out of sync with each other because it's through the digital airwaves? <laughs> It'd be brutal. Doesn't matter if you're <laughs> across the internet or in person, you're always out of sync with each other. It's just like a rule. <laughs> Uh, so other than like having music class where we like sung songs and whatever, I didn't do much music until fourth grade. I started playing the trumpet and I was pretty bad. Oh, <laughs> pretty bad. Uh, let's move on to middle school. Tony, middle school. Go. I took up the alto saxophone. I worked my way up. I don't remember if I made it all the way to first chair, but I was close. Surely due to seniority and people who were better graduating. But I worked my way up, uh, alto sax in the concert band. Um, that was it for me, playing music. I, I focused on that. Uh, I don't know. I got pretty good at it. It was pretty fun, you know, played all the played all the recitals and stuff. Cool. Uh, ben, how about you for, for middle school? Middle school, that's when I started taking private drum lessons. Um, that was like my first cool. exposure to the drum. I had a drum pad at my house for several years before I actually got a drum set in there, um, courtesy of my parents. And then that drum set from middle school is what carried over through most of my drumming history. That's the one that we took out on tour on uh, most of our aqua hamster shows until like this until year until this right? year Pretty until much. until 2017 september 2017 um maybe october that's when i got my uh my latest new hotness drum set but back then in middle school it was uh private drum lessons using the teacher's drum set um and then i was also in the general percussion section of the school band and that's where they like take a drum set and they split it down into its component parts and then each student is assigned like one part like you are going to be the symbol and you are going to be the bigger symbol you're going to do this the snare drum did you ever play triangle uh oh of course of course of course then there in my yeah in my band the triangle player can never play triangle at the right time disaster is there ever really a right time for a triangle player (laughs) can we all be honest about this Sorry. Should we do an Aqua Hamster show with general percussion, but with like seven people arrayed around the drum kit, each playing one of the parts? I just I saw 
band uh, not too long ago that had a drummer and a, like a percussionist, and they were pretty awesome. What I like about that idea is that when I come back and I play all of the things, they'll be like, wow, he's doing the job of seven people. He's a <laughs> drumming wizard. <laughs> uh, he's the meta drummer. Yes. What about you, Ian? Middle school? Uh, middle school, I uh, continued playing the trumpet. Uh, I was pretty bad at the start. Like, I think I got a B in band, which was hard to do. You had to be pretty bad. Maybe it was just for uh, the alliteration of it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and then... um. I don't know if it was because of puberty, but like, <laughs> Can't wait puberty for this. was good to me. Oh, man. Puberty was good Do to tell. me. I grew taller. My asthma became less severe. I became a lot more athletic and could like run. And uh, and I became better at trumpet. I don't know if it's why, but it's not like I practiced any. Like I didn't <laughs> I didn't start practicing. I just, you know, whatever practice I got in rehearsal was pretty much it. Um, sorry, middle school band director. It's true. Um, Ian, and then no. uh, if if the shameful yeah. confessions on the Aqua Hamster podcast, Ian, if this were a dirtier podcast, I would have taken the puberty was good to me in a completely different direction. But <laughs> I'm just gonna let that lie. You can cut that out of the podcast if you want. <laughs> uh, I may leave it in. Oh boy, jeez. Um, yeah, by eighth grade, I even got to be part of like a like a subgroup of the band that got to go sort of on tour to the different elementary schools to put on shows and to recruit kids so. and all that without practicing let this be a message kids don't practice yeah, don't practice <laughs> don't waste Just your time no nope. and you can be like a slightly above average musician if you just don't practice just wait till you get old you know <laughs> like us Gotta get um old. <laughs> yeah i have this cool i have this cool memory of i got to i got to like get out of class like toward the end of eighth grade like nothing was going on I mean, we were done with everything but we got to i got to go uh rehearse for something i don't even know what mm -hmm. just just rehearse with we just pretty much hung out just a few trumpeters uh let's let's move it along to the high school years tony you're up first again uh, well i went to a small academic high school that didn't have a concert band so i i kept playing saxophone but in the cape cod jazz society youth band it was cool but I wasn't as uh, dedicated and diligent as the other members, so it was just I just felt really underwhelming in it, so it was kind of depressing. The Cape Cod Jazz Society Youth Band sounds like the preppiest band ever. <laughs> well, you know what? <laughs> it was. <laughs> it was is the end of that sentence, I assume. <laughs> Not a prep, and <laughs> slam my door and listen to Vampire Weekend. Do you hear? <laughs> <laughs> the only reason you can't do that right now is because you're already in your room. It would look so weird if you slammed your door out of your yeah. room. <laughs> slam my way out, slam back in. But yeah, I, I, I played jazz saxophone for a few years. But the fact that I was falling behind others and the fact that it was um, something that I didn't really choose to keep doing uh, was, was kind of grating on me. So um, when high school ended, I stopped uh, playing. Mm. How about you, Ben? High school years. High school years, kept taking private lessons, and uh, by then I'd gotten most of the basic, basic, basics, and I uh, started playing along to CDs that my drum teacher recommended, so a lot of Coldplay, Nirvana, Rush, 
Red Hot Chili Peppers, some Green Day, and some Weezer. Um, none of none of the heroic Rush songs, mind you. You know, I didn't just like launch. <laughs> I was it. gonna say this guy's playing to Rush. Yeah. Where I, did you keep your wind chimes and fifteen rack toms? <laughs> we we spent about a semester on one Rush song, and I still didn't play it very well. Which song? Uh, Tom Sawyer, of course. Like. Yeah, that's my film. Yeah, no, that's it. That's that's accurate. That's very accurate to the song. <laughs> oh, let's play that with the band. I mostly just play power chords on guitar. <laughs> I vowed never to play a cover of a Rush song in public because I don't want to make Neil Peart feel bad when I totally crush it. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, so in addition to that, so that was that was kind of my gateway to a lot of musicians and artists and bands that I you know still listen to today and um while I was doing that I also occasionally played in the school jazz band um and they actually let me play on a full set so that was you know a new experience uh that's awesome. And uh, fellow jazzer, yeah, we never, you never quite recover from jazz, do you? No, no, it, 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 <laughs> it's, it's the, still in my mind. The wounds <laughs> never really heal. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, you know, like I'm here, but I, but I'm not here, you know, like it's ah, uh, but somewhere, somewhere, you're still waiting for someone sixteen measure solo to end. And then finally, um, everybody who wanted to learn an instrument in high school joined the guitar club, and there were like you know, two or three drummers. So the nice thing about that is that you were usually in demand uh, for the little garage bands that sprouted up, even if you weren't that good. So that boded really well for me. Um, so every Ooh, What kind of garage bands did you play in? Did you play originals? Uh, hell no. Uh, they were all covers of movies that we thought we were, like, discovering, and they were, like, you know, these 80s and 90s classics. Like, oh, man, have you... Have you watched Empire Records? There's this one song in Empire Records, and then we would do the song at like assembly or something. So, um, good times. I love attention, so it worked well for me. But they were usually just sort of one-off bands. Like they would just want the experience of being in a band, as we all do. And then you know we'd play the song, and then we would disband. So that was what I would do. You would just like rehearse one song, and sometimes in the same day. And then we Get would play it that residual day. coolness at the party that weekend and then disband. Yes. I mean, back in high school, that residual coolness, you know, has a shelf life of like maybe one or two weeks, especially if it's a small high school like mine was. So, you know, you just got to space them out throughout the year and you live like a king. Uh, Ian, <laughs> what about you? High school. High school. Continue playing trumpet. Still not practicing, but playing pretty well. My junior year, I was the third chair which was my maximum potential since the first two chairs were very good. One of them is a professional trumpet player now. So I was, I would have actually had to practice to be better than one of them. You, you um, didn't want them to feel bad. You were being respectful yeah. of their feelings. That's all. I was, I was in the perfect, like I felt pretty good about myself, but didn't have to work at it. There you go. It's kind of a jerk. No, no, that's, uh, that sounds like the perfect balance to me. <laughs> Uh, I also want to talk a little bit about, so my friends, and this is a huge formative piece of my musical life, I had this band called Gavin and the Destroyers. Really? Uh, and they were really awesome. So there are these two kids who are like a couple years uh, under us who are really good at uh, guitar and drums. Mm. And then a few people who are my friends um, joined with them. One played, one was like a friend of mine since elementary school who played an, uh, a second guitar. Uh, and then another guy played bass. And then Gavin was the uh, front man vocalist. He, he was a cool guy. 
Uh, and I was sort of like their videographer. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of like Benji is for us now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I made like a whole rockumentary. I filmed the whole rockumentary for them. Um, and they played at this uh, at this show. Mm. And uh, I never finished editing it and putting it together. So wow, feel bad about that. I really thought that was going to be a more heroic tale than it ended up being. Not if I uh, if I had finished it, I probably would have showed you guys at this point. Do you have the raw me. footage, like the performance footage and stuff? Honestly, I think I do. I think I might have it. Should finish it. <laughs> Ian, if I were you, I would have lied and been like, I was recording their show, and then one of the bandmates like dropped dead, and I rushed to the stage and pushed him out of the way, and I helped continue the show. Like that—that's where that story <laughs> needed to go. Instead, it's like, I, and then I didn't do any work. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I like—I really wanted to like be like a third guitar player in that band because mm. that would have been cool. But I think I started learning guitar a little bit. I can't remember exactly. It would have been maybe senior year if I did it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I was pretty garbage. Uh, not that I'm good now. Oh, but stop it. I was, I was pretty garbage. I mean, they were like supremely talented people. Um, but I did rip the audio from, from the performance. Oh. So I have like probably some of the only like audio of them, of that band. You're you're a documentarian of this little, this little slice of garage band. Nice. Their their sort of big song was "Melt Your Face In." That's great. an awesome song. I don't even need to hear it to know that it's awesome. That's sounds are you going to come to next practice a song called "Melt Your Face In" Part Two? Melt your face out. I don't know if I can uh, I can live up to that. Anyway, that's enough high school. Let's move on to the college years where we all met. Yeah. And where we played very little music, I think. <laughs> well, we played fake instruments and that led to real instruments. I remember it was controversial at the time. Like some of the actual musicians who gave interviews didn't like Guitar Hero and Rock Band because they were afraid that kids would like use this as a substitute instead of picking up instruments. But it worked the other way around for me. Because I had so much fun with the games, I I, I wanted more. I wanted to play a real instrument. So, uh, uh yeah, it was one of the things that helped get me into guitar. I uh, got a uh, cheapy guitar, uh, a, a Squire Bullet Strat, $100 with amp, uh, and bag if you pay cash. And then I, uh, <laughs> I, I learned from YouTube tutorials. Yeah. Uh, ben, college? So kind of a musical drought for me uh, in terms of creating music. Uh Aside from playing rock band drums, and as I've said before, if you can play rock band drums, you can play drums. So I guess I was kind of practicing in a way, you know, like at least in terms of keeping tempo and carrying a beat. So it's not that it was wasted time or anything, but I I did not ship my you know drum set to college and try to squeeze it into my tough storm, uh, probably to the relief of all of my roommates um, henceforth. But considering how thin including those walls in, are, that would have been uh, devastating to have a drum kit in there. Yeah, yeah. And even when Ian and I shared a space um, for a time, uh, I did not burden him by, you know, practicing uh, on anything, even remotely drum-related, because I wanted him to continue liking me so that maybe we could start a band, you know, when we got out of college and had more space that's so. all cool uh freshman year of college i started practicing guitar a lot more um i remember i had it in my dorm room 
Uh, but sophomore year, I was wondering if you had mentioned this, Ben, but we almost formed a band sophomore year. Yes, I didn't mention it because we ended up not. <laughs> <laughs> you were playing drums. I was playing guitar. Our friend Mike also was playing guitar, and our friend Tot was playing keyboard. I wrote a song, and uh, you and I like made a demo for the chorus, which I still have. Um, which I think we should resurrect. I think we should finish that song because I liked it. Do you think I should think I should splice that into this episode right here? I think that would be a perfect thing to do, and then they'll see why I'm right. And uh, th- and again, fire up those message boards and tell us what you want to hear <laughs> from this, you know, resurrected song. But yeah, that'd be a great time to play it. I could get you my way today. I could manage to catch your eye. It didn't happen, but I'll try again tomorrow. So try again tomorrow. We tried practicing it. We tried practicing once, and it was pretty hard to organize a practice. And so that was the end of that. <laughs> uh, wasn't the wasn't the demo like? Did you record the demo drums like like on computer? You played I played it, it so, but didn't I play it like on a rock band? Like all we had was a rock band drum set. Yeah. But yeah, I had like a program that I found on the computer that would allow it to just be a sort of like free play because that didn't exist in Rock Band One. Right, right. I um, I knew that you'd Frankenstein something together like that, and I remember that being really cool. But then, <laughs> yeah. But so it was it was a cool little bonding you know experience for you and I. I think, but. I'm sad that that song never got finished, so we should totally do it. Uh, so yeah, as we mentioned, Rock Band came out. I started developing my own drum skills. I even took a drum lesson, like the following summer. I think it was that following summer. Like one less, um, like a single lesson, or like I took a single drum. That's lesson. That's all you need. And I learned <laughs> what angle to hold my my sticks at. To Hit it with wrists. that end there. Hit it with that <laughs> end. You see. <laughs> No, the little uh, end. <laughs> hold the hold end and hit the hitting end with the, that end. Yeah. <laughs> You've um, got it. I, <laughs> I, man, sorry. This is going to be, I did a lot in college. Uh, so, <laughs> man, you're going to show us off. I also started playing trumpet in the Tufts Pep Band sophomore year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also, also played in a pit orchestra for a musical at Tufts, which was incredibly fun. I tried out later for another one and didn't make it in because Again, I'm not like super good. I was playing trumpet for the pit orchestra. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not like super good. So You're good. If they can if they can find I'm okay. Again, like I'm okay like in a big band where you know, if you can have someone who doesn't practice. Where but, you can hide uh, is what you're saying. Hide yeah. in the mix. <laughs> if, if there's like literally only one or two trumpet players, um, I can get exposed a little bit. Let this be a lesson to you. You can get far in life by hiding amongst other good players <laughs> and not doing the work. We are, we're really teaching the the good lessons. We are horrible role models for music. <laughs> well, I mean, someone's got a bad eight. I promise it all comes together in our post college <laughs> years, guys. Sorry, continue in. Um, well, okay. So junior year, I started playing bass guitar, which is relevant. Um, I also took a music theory course and a songwriting course. I think both in the same year. Um, so I can get you out of my head was one of the assignments for that songwriting course. Uh, which is our first original song. I, I think it counts as an Aqua Hamster song. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. We've all, often said that's the first one, but the first one written specifically for the band was Charlatan. Mm. Yes. Mm. Which was the result of a songwriting race between you and me. Yeah. That's the only one I've ever won. Mm. 
Tony's been lapping me ever since. <laughs> but they're not all winners. I've dug a few of them out of storage recently, and they don't all work. One of them I had a capo on, too, for literally no reason. It sounds so much better without. And I was like, I was just trying to be weird. What the hell's my problem? <laughs> oh. Anyway. <laughs> uh, I was still trumpeting in Pep Band junior year, and I was the treasurer of Pep Band, even though that doesn't, that's not important musically, but I'm just bragging at this point. Someone's got to guard the treasure, so sure. <laughs> Senior year, I became the president of Pep Band. That's right. President, president of Pep! <laughs> president Pep! Uh, except I, I didn't play much trumpet that year because uh, I started playing bass drum cause, and that was fun. Mm. So I think I think that like captures most of the college music stuff I did. Okay. It was a lot. All right. Uh, so what are we... We all did college, right? So now we're on to our sort yeah. of post-college up to now non-aquahamster stuff yeah our extracurriculars all right tony shall you kick us off yet again uh sure uh since i've been writing uh, a ton of songs and i need ways to get them out i've been performing solo a little bit i've been doing uh open mic nights and a couple actual paid solo gigs um you know they're they're like aquahamster sets except more nerve-wracking because i'm up there all alone and doing all my own stuff it's uh but it's very enjoyable. It's a way to try stuff out, try stuff I wouldn't normally do. Um, and just uh, mostly it's a way to play when the others aren't available, when you guys can't get together with me. Uh, I remember the first solo gig I took on a date where there was supposed to be an Aquahamster show, but there was no transportation. So I was like, well, could I play? And they're like, well, not there. We want a band. But I was like, anywhere else? And so they said, yeah, I once earned $32 for playing solo. Ooh. Pretty good. <laughs> ha cha cha. Uh, Bennett, I don't even have you done. Have you been up to anything? Uh, you wouldn't. College? You wouldn't know it. Um, because I <laughs> suck so much. But uh, I have taken uh private drum lessons in my post college years. I took uh lessons, private lessons for a couple years, and then grad school kind of got in the way. But hey, I just graduated, so maybe those will Yay. you know resurface. And, uh, yeah, just really just playing with you guys, uh, pushes me to want to improve. So whether it's through that or through watching, uh, videos online that demonstrate different fills and, uh, different, you know, sort of, uh, drum hacks, um, that's kind of how I improve. Um, but, uh, I gotta, I gotta get back to it. I gotta get my nose back to the grindstone and, uh, learn some new tricks to show off. So, yeah. Most of my post college music career has also been Aqua Hamster. Although I did get that electronic drum set and advanced my drum skills for a while. Um, I haven't done that recently because it's just hard to fit into an apartment. But uh, a couple years ago, I was also in a musical for the first time, and that was a real bucket list item. I had a few featured singing parts, and I felt like I performed well. That I performed well, guys. You performed yeah. okay. very well. For those of you great. who oh, weren't there, uh, Ian did a great job. I just fished for a compliment and reeled that sucker yep, in. All right. Yep. Well, you did well. You deserve it. You caught a couple of aqua hamsters. <laughs> <laughs> um, musicals are so time-consuming that I don't know if I will do one again, but I'm glad to have done le- at least one. I'd say I'd like to do another one if I could get a good part, but since I don't, you know, do them a lot, I wouldn't necessarily deserve a good part. So I don't know. 
don't don't don't, don't wanna... sell yourself shorty and you, well, you deserve all a lot the of people i mean i i'm sort of facebook friends with a lot of people i was in the show with so i've seen like all they do shows like all the time mm. and it's like it's like yeah i wouldn't i don't know if i'd want to be just like in the background for an entire show sure i want to at least a song sure you know gotcha i've got lots of other ideas for music projects uh but i mostly just want to focus on aqua hamster and i need to write some more songs maybe by next month's podcast i will have a song in the works wow you're who knows that's a promise you can't break man to your audience they're gonna hold you to it <laughs> we've already established that we can't let these people down and now now you've you really you've really got us cornered haven't you damn uh yeah so uh, i think that's that's our sort of musical history that's goggle uh, talk hopefully people found that interesting i found it interesting so there's that i i learned things about myself that i'd forgotten so that's nice uh, <laughs> uh tony do you want to give us a snorkel suggestion sure uh my snorkel suggestion is tied to my post-collegiate uh music career i'd like to recommend something i've been doing lately and that's uh open micing go to your local open mic uh the one i go to is in uh central square at the can tab uh it's been running this the same guy jeff who's a singer and excellent uh folk guitar player he's been running it for uh 25 years every monday night and it's a great really supportive uh atmosphere i'm I don't know how um, uh, competitive they get or uh, professional at other places, but this one is just the right mix of it runs on schedule and it's pretty professional, but it's also laid back and everyone's friendly and they've got uh, $5 mixed drinks if that's your thing. So uh, Cantab Mondays have been really good to me and I recommend wherever you are seeking out your local open mic and singing a few. Nice. Uh, my I know I did a video game last time, but I like video games. I'm gonna do another one. I just picked up Splatoon literally days ago because it went on sale, Ooh. and uh, I don't know why I waited other than I just saved twenty bucks on it. Um, it's pretty fun. It's I thought I would like it. You know, I was like, all right, this is kind of like the equivalent of a multiplayer shooter for Nintendo. Mm. Um, but it's like surprisingly interesting. It's like it's very satisfying. The matches are like I think three minutes long. Yeah. So it's very just like, because uh, sometimes, I mean, I'm still learning. I'm still pretty bad, but sometimes you just get destroyed. But it's like, oh, I'll just play again. It'll take three minutes. And it's paint, so it's so playful and colorful. So I know. There's something about, like, the way they animate the ink on it is, like, it just looks so liquid and it glistens. I don't know. It's probably it's akin. It's probably akin to the satisfaction that actual painters get after they like create a masterpiece, but it saves you so much time, you know. Yes. Respe- well, especially like abstract. Anyone who just flings paint around cuz that's all it's doing. Yeah, splatter paint. Those guys do it. Yeah. No one tells them to stop, so yeah. All right. So yeah, mine is mine is Splatoon. It's it's a good time. Uh, ben, do you have a, a snorkel suggestion? This week, Ben's snorkel suggestion is making your own smoothies for breakfast at home. <laughs> I know this is not a new concept, and people have been doing this for decades, if not longer. But it's like my thing of the summer. Uh, some frozen strawberries, a banana, a small scoop of uh, all-natural peanut butter some almond milk a little bit of greek yogurt and some spinach and then you mix it all up 
guess what? You can drink that, and it'll kind of sustain you throughout the morning. So, hey, do your body a favor and drink this thing, and you can trick yourself into thinking you're having a milkshake for breakfast. And it <laughs> it has completely, like, I, like, I'm on the smoothie, like bandwagon right now i'm sorry and I, you're a smoothie disciple yes yes um and i'm i don't care who knows it right now the whole house knows it because i hear it every morning but um <laughs> yeah that's my snorkel suggestion uh smoothies yeah you can get that recipe in our upcoming cookbook to serve hamster oh that's ah. adorable we're gonna have fun with that one <laughs> All right. Uh, well, that's it. Uh, so yeah, as I said before, it's completely my fault. We don't have any shows it's not up. your fault. So busy getting to ready, getting ready to move into two separate places, uh, while trying to fit in some math study here and there. Uh, I don't know if I'll be less busy come the fall, but I will uh, hopefully be living fifteen minutes away from you guys, uh, so, so we can start playing on like weeknights and maybe so finding cool. some new v- venues. So we can either get together a lot more often or we can feel much worse about not practicing <laughs> because it'll be so easy. <laughs> we get The guilt will either increase exponentially or we will get a lot better. So stay tuned to find out. I think what it'll allow us to do is be able to just like go do more shows because we'll be more flexible on when we can do them. Definitely. Yeah. Until then, and even beyond, jangle into the can tab. Like, more than half of the time, I'll be there on Monday nights, just playing the night away, doing a couple songs. George and I will be appearing as a duo soon, with him on fiddle. Tony's uh, oh. Tony and George's Good Time Folky Town duo. It's going to be... <laughs> it's going to be incredible. And if you are listening to this podcast and you are a drum teacher and you would like to take me on as a disciple, just let me know. I know that I could learn stuff from you, so... Don't be shy. Now we'll just have to find people to listen to this podcast. Yes. Uh, find us on Facebook and YouTube. Email us questions if you if you got them, and uh, tell a friend if there is anyone listening. Tell a friend. I mean, we're doing this. We assume someday, hopefully, someone will listen. So now we've got these uh, for time immemorial. So uh, have a good day, everybody. Goodbye. See ya. Bye now. I I just waved. It's an all audio podcast, and I just waved.
that's the worry that I have when I'm not playing the bass, that it's not going to be bassy enough. <laughs> that is so basic of you. <laughs> Damn it, I'm using all our best material. <laughs> I'm a basic He's just yielding to his bass instincts. <laughs> I'm going to make that pun later, and it's going to sound amazing to our podcast listeners, and you guys are just going to roll your eyes heavy like, oh, God. Yeah, my waveform looks uh, popping. My waveform looks cool. <laughs>